Hey y'all, it's Bailey McBride from Major League Fishing's Lions Inn Podcast. In this episode, I sat down with MLF Pro Greg Hackney at the General Tire World Championship to discuss Louisiana fishing and his television show that takes him everywhere from the swamp to the gulf, exploring the outdoors. This is Major League Fishing, Lions Inn. I am sitting here with Mr. Greg Hackney. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. And just off air a second ago, we were just talking about your television show that you have back home. So you apparently get into some wild adventures there, not just fishing, but kind of all over the place. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it was, it's it's kind of a cool deal. It's a funny deal. We were at a uh, we were at a Bassmaster event at Toledo Bend, and uh, a guy that I work with at Louisiana Sportsman a lot. I'd write stuff for the magazine, or not really, you know, he would write articles for the magazine, and I, I would be in the articles or and uh, some online stuff and what have you. And so <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, where a power pole was having a dinner uh they had a crawfish bowl and we were at the crawfish bowl uh my fam my whole family's there because you know the tournament was close to home or whatever and uh then he was like yeah the host of the sportsman television it was louisiana sportsman tv uh something happened he quit or whatever and i was like and before i thought about what i you know was doing i said i'd like to apply for that job mm-hmm. you know if it could be scheduled around my uh you know, around my tournament career, you know, I mean, I would be, you know, I would entertain doing that. So uh, how it worked out was it actually came down between me and a major league baseball player who went to school at LSU and has a, you know, lives in Louisiana. And uh, I got the job <laughs> before I ever really knew if I really wanted the job. I just <laughs> I thought I wanted the job. But but anyway, it's been a cool deal. It's actually now at Sportsman TV. Uh, it is owned by Louisiana Sportsman, the company. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just the host of the show. It's still the show belongs to Louisiana Sportsman. I get to host the show. And we do a lot of fun things, um, a lot of things that I, w- I would normally get to do. We uh, we do film two or three bass shows a year, and they, they always go over well. Um, but then we, you know, we crappie fish or sackalay fish, actually referred to as sackalay. Lots of saltwater fishing. Um, you know, we hunted hogs in an airboat, hunted them with dogs oh and spears. Gosh. Yeah, it's 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 been interesting to say the least. It's uh, you know, some of the things we've done. I'm glad I had the opportunity to do them. Yeah. Uh, I don't choose to do them again. It I will like tell me. you. Sounds like me with noodling. I yeah. did it once. Yeah, you I tried it. Fish, and I will never, never do <laughs> yeah. it again. It's kind of the uh, that's kind of the way the hog hunt with was with the dogs and the and the knives. It was. Uh, sounds like you were living Lord of the Flies out there. Yeah, right? yeah, it was it was a pretty exciting deal. Uh, to say the least, it's something I, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I tried it, but probably won't. You know, it's kind of like you in the noodling. I yeah. probably won't do it again. Well, but. you know, I couldn't feel my arm for about a week. It was just like bruised all the oh, way up. Well. So it was a big fish, okay? Uh, so. And I'll be honest with you, I've I, I've never had the opportunity to noodle, and will probably not. I yeah, I see to Oklahoma. Yeah. Ed, Edwin went once, and you could see he was like terrified on his poor little. Fa- I mean, you guys putting your hands in a big old fish's mouth. Uh, yeah, or I'm just... not really worried about the fish. It's always something else that could be in the exactly. hole. You know, you never know what's in there. It's like a Christmas present. You don't know what it is till you open it up. Yeah, I don't really think I was educated on the full like danger of what I was doing or the full pain of what I might experience until you know, like I had a fish on my arm. So it was. Definitely an interesting experience. So with this hog hunting, is this like like a cull because there's too many wild pigs in Louisiana, or is this just like a in season type thing? Uh, you know, the uh, actually the the guys that we went with on the dog hunt, they are 
I mean, I guess you would consider them professional hog hunters. They, that's what they do. They had, you know, dogs trained to do it and, uh, in the whole nine yards. And they actually, they told the story while we were there that they got into, it, it was a hobby. Mm-hmm. And then it's become a real threat to a lot of the native wildlife because the hog population, you know, not only in Louisiana, just all over the United States has exploded recently. Yeah. And uh, it's, um, you know, it was a way to keep them in check. It was a very efficient way. Um, I, you know, I didn't like it. It was just not really my, you know, it was a little hard on, uh, it was hard on, but I wouldn't worry about the pigs, but it was kind of hard on the dogs. And, you know, a, a wild hog is a dangerous animal. Yeah. And uh, these well, guys were- I went to the were, University of Arkansas, so I'm keenly aware of how dangerous a right. razorback can be, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, in LSU, we don't have much, we don't have a lot of fear of the razorback. <laughs> well, you know, the, tiger, the tigers <laughs> have been tiger doing- land, <laughs> that's not really a factor. <laughs> They've been doing all right for a little while, but- But, uh, but yeah, it was cool, but I really, now, like, far as hunting hogs, I really enjoy to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the airboat, we, we, we shot the airboat show. I mean, I'm looking at downtown New Orleans. We're in the marsh right out of uh, out of New Orleans, and we're running these hogs down with the airboat in the marsh, and that was a blast. And we, uh, you know, some guys jumped off the boat, and caught, we were running down through the marsh, and they just dive off the boat and catch the pigs, and then we shot some too. But uh, I enjoyed to do that. Uh, I've got the alligator hunt. Um, uh, I killed 11 foot one on my first, uh, alligator hunt and that's kind of a bucket list animal. Now I have this giant alligator skull at my house, which is pretty cool. That um, is crazy. and, uh, it's just, it's cool. You know, from, you know, I've got to do things like I used to as a kid. We went, we filmed squirrel hunts and rabbit hunts and things that I don't get an opportunity to do anymore. We get to do on the show and it's a lot of fun. And I meet a lot of nice people and we, we go all over the state. Occasionally we go out of state. Uh, but most of the time the stuff we do is in state or it's in Arkansas, Mississippi or Louisiana. Yeah. We went to South Texas and filmed a deer hunt. We've done a little bit of all of it. Uh, it's a, uh, it's kind of a relaxing deal and it is a job and it, and it is actually something that I wanted to try because I actually thought it might be something that later on in my career that I do full time. Yeah. Um, you know, if, when the tournament, my tournament career you know, starts to dwindle or go towards the end of it. Uh, I thought it was something else I could do and stay in the industry. Cause I, I love our industry because I love the outdoors, you know, and it doesn't, and, and realistically, if I could make money, you know, hunting, I'd do that. It doesn't matter. I don't really, it's not necessarily that I like one better than the other. I like it all. I just yeah. enjoy the outdoors. Well, and you're in a really great place for it being in Louisiana. Obviously, you know, maybe some people think, oh, it's just all swamp or it's all something. You know, they think of just New Orleans and the surrounding area in their head. But, I mean, Louisiana is a pretty diverse state in terms of the kind of wilderness that they ha- you have, the kind of different animals and, uh, you know, even the bodies of water that are there. Uh, can you just talk a little bit about the, the different fisheries, the different places that you might go hunting? And, I mean everything that kind of Louisiana has to offer. You get to highlight it, every, you know, all the time on your show. You know, the uh, the cool thing about Louisiana, you know, we like now I live just south of Baton Rouge. And, um, you know, so the marsh is real accessible to me. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about it is you can, you can be bass fishing. I, I can unload my boat at one place and catch 20 pounds of bass, five bass that weigh 20 pounds, and then run another 15 minutes and start catching redfish or, um, and then you can run offshore and be tuna fishing all from the same. You can unload at the same ramp in my area and fish for offshore species of saltwater fish to bass to crappie to whatever. Uh, now, I actually grew up in the northern part of the state. Uh-huh. Uh, I actually grew up in Arkansas right across the state line wow, and uh, at Star City. Okay. Wow. And um, 
and lived there till I was, I guess I moved when I was 26, I moved to Louisiana. And, but it, it's always, I did things in Louisiana growing up that close. And so it's always, I, I think it's the reason now that we film shows in Arkansas, Mississippi, and Louisiana. I deer hunt now in Mississippi. I have a place in uh, in Mississippi that I do most of my deer hunt. But anyway, growing up in that part, it was uh, Oxbows, the Mississippi River. Uh, it's where I did most of my fishing at. And like now fishing a marsh. And then you drive over the western part of the state and you have Toledo Bend, big reservoirs, uh, the Red River at Shreveport. Uh, it really does have a little bit of everything. And um, it's a great, you know, it's great for me during my off time because it I, it gives me such an opportunity, so many different places to fish. If I need to work on a technique before the next season, if I need to fish deep, I can go to Toledo. If I need to flip mats, I can fish at home. You know, it just it's just really a diverse place. And, the, you know, it is the sportsman's paradise. You know, we uh, probably my favorite place in the state is Venice. And that's the boat launch where, you can catch bass and redfish on back-to-back cast and then run offshore 30 minutes and catch yellowfin tuna. It's just a place to do everything. The duck hunting's great there. It's just a, it's a wild, Louisiana's a wild, you know, I consider, I go all over the country, but it's a wild state. And what I mean by that, it just has so many opportunities. I mean, we have black bears and hogs and deer and just everything that, you know, <laughs> with, I'm, like I said before, I'm pretty simple, but all the hobbies I like to do, I can do within a, 45 minute drive of my house well and that's that's really awesome you know you mentioned growing up in arkansas and, it, and arkansas is very much the same way you know it's the natural state and it has you know a lot of those same creatures that you can you know hunt um you know lots of different fishing diversity and things like that uh without the ability to fish saltwater. so uh is that something that you kind of engage in or that you get to go take the opportunity to go off and fish besides bass fishing besides fishing for redfish you know uh i do i do i i really enjoy i don't get to go a lot yeah. uh you know there are several guys in our group uh like creek you know he mm-hmm. does a ton of offshore fishing which he's and, from uh, oklahoma so yeah he's <laughs> from oklahoma and he <laughs> likes to saltwater fish but uh yeah. I, I really enjoy to do it i don't get much opportunity uh i feel like <laughs> as my life goes on i'll get more you know get more of a chance but it is something that i would like to do more of um it, 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 is, it is funny, you would think as much as we fish that we would get tired of it, but I don't. But I do like a little change. Mm-hmm. I, I still, I guess, number one bass fishing is still number one. Um, I put bass on a pedestal. I believe they're the hardest fish, to, uh, the, most, if, in, the most intelligent out of all the fish species, but I'm a little biased. But uh, I enjoy the fish for all of them. And, and it was cool growing up in Arkansas. And I still, my parents still live in Arkansas now. My sister lives there. Um, we, we go back and uh, I take my kids. We hunt on my parents' property uh, where they live at. And uh, it's just, like I said, I, I've grew, I had, I had a childhood and grew up in a part of the world that, you know, I was tailor-made to do this. I mean, I, I got to fish all the time. I grew up in a place where there were a lot of great fisheries. Um, then moving to Louisiana, nothing, it's just kind of stayed the same. You know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. I've had a blessed, very blessed career fishing. Yeah, you definitely have. You've been doing really well, um, you know, on the, on the tour, on major league fishing. Um, actually when we're recording this podcast, your show just aired that you'd won the sudden death day while we were up in Grand Rapids. So, um, how do you take, you know, those techniques, those ways that you've learned to fish in Louisiana, in Arkansas, and cross-apply those to fishing 
Florida to fishing, New York to fishing, Minnesota, and and extrapolate the things that you know from the different regions of and different lakes down here uh, to all those very different bodies of water that you end up on through the tour. Well, you know, that was now one thing that I do think it, I had an advantage growing up in Arkansas because the, the part of the state where I grew up in, the fishing was shallow grass, cypress trees, which looks a lot like Louisiana. Uh, but yet you go just a little bit in the, in the state changes, the river systems change. Uh, like I, I won my first bass event at uh, Lake Washita mm -hmm. in Hot Springs, which is a highland reservoir that had deep grass. You going up in the northern part of the state and the water is extremely clear rocky you know mountain lakes we call it mountain you know i grew up in arkansas so those were mountains um <laughs> but so i like growing up at a young age and fishing tournaments in the state of arkansas we you know two bodies of water were the same uh so being you know learning how to fish all those places was you know tailor-made for the united states because now wherever we go there is something similar to the way i grew up fishing uh the, you know the other thing is i have a real simple approach about other bodies of water so they do not bother me mentally i just look at the united states as one lake and every state we go to is just a different creek arm yeah. and um and i know that sounds funny but that helps me that helps me mentally and there'll be something i don't care where we go i my favorite place to go are lakes that i've never seen before i, I can't explain that but i just i like the unknown mm -hmm. but i know when i get there there'll be something that i know There'll be something that keys me in. I'm a very visual fisherman. Yeah. Um, and so there'll be something there that I like the looks of. And it'll be a starting point to get me going in the, you know, in the right direction. And that was my next question is when you do approach a body of water, what are the things that you, Greg Heckney, are looking for when you start, when you do that fifth with, whether it's with us and your 15 minute ride around, whether it's with, you know, bass and you get to do your practice days, what are you looking for, uh, for your ideal conditions? Uh, you know, typically what I'm looking for, typically the only research I'll do on a body of water before we get there, like not on major league fishing, because you know, we're not allowed to you know, to have any knowledge of the body of water, but like on a typical bass event, basically I just look at tournament weights. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to see if I need to be catching three pounders when I get there, or I'm catching six pounders. Mm -hmm. So that's already, um, it's, it'll have me leaning a certain way or certain techniques that will produce that size, whatever size fish it is. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is seasonal. I mean, you know, I'm just, is it winter time? I know they'll be relating more to deeper water, river channels, creek channels, you know, is it springtime and they should be in protected areas ponding. And so I just kind of, you know, <laughs> again, I have a fairly simple approach, but my main objective wherever we go is to know what size of fish I need to catch, you know, to have a shot at winning. That's typically my main deal. And it doesn't matter if it's, and the other thing I will look at, is it a smallmouth fishery or is it a, or is it a fishery where you could fish for both? And uh, because a lot of times in our events, it's a strategy deal. Mm -hmm. I, you don't necessarily have to be fishing the dominant deal if you have it to yourself. Right. You know, you have to be on the mother load of fish if you're sharing it with groups of our anglers because they are so efficient about fish they catch. And they will catch so many out of an area. Uh, so a lot of times I look for stuff that's probably a little off the beaten path. And uh, because I, I like to fish by myself. Yeah. I like to be doing things a different way. And I, and honestly, if I read information about one deal being the deal, and I think that most everybody's going that way, I, when they zig, I zag. I, because I don't like to be crowded and I just like to do my own thing. One question I have with that, um, obviously with our cup events, uh, 
we usually fish those between August and the end of October. So not exactly the ideal time to be fishing for bass, um, but not bad necessarily. Um, how does that affect, you know, when you look at a body of water or when you approach it, A, that you weren't able to really research it besides knowing where the hotel is, um, but B, that it's not the time that most people are ever on that body of water. Uh, well, you know, one thing I, I typically, and this goes back from just past experience, um, I know when we go to the northern states, whether it's a Minnesota, a New York, or, you know, chances are they have both species. Mm-hmm. You know, there'll be largemouth and smallmouth. And uh, so you pack both ways. You really don't know which is the dominant species till you get there. Um, you know, honestly, when we go, when we, when we're on a fall events, I typically pack smaller lures. Mm-hmm. Typically that's the time of the year when fishing is a little tougher. And, uh, you know, in the big deal in major league fishing, typically the guy who gets the most bites wins. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily the guy who catches the biggest fish. It's the guy who figures out the way to catch the most. And, uh, so I typically downsize my tackle a little bit. And also that time of the year smaller lures are typically the, uh, you know, typically the deal. Um, you know, as major league fishing grows and we start to fish different times of the year, I think you'll see different things work. You know, what maybe has dominated in the past will be, you know, will not necessarily go away, but you'll just see, you know, different lures, different guys, different everything, you know, change as our, as we grow and start to fish, you know, multiple times of the year yeah and this is a great example we're here it's march currently that we are recording this podcast and we are fishing the world championship obviously we don't really fish in august and october so uh for us to have you guys here this is a completely different time you know don't know if we're depending on the body of water you're on if you're pre-spawn if you're just post-spawn we've got full moon coming up this weekend um with your knowledge, obviously, of Toledo Bend, of East Texas, you didn't know which lake you were going to be on until yesterday, and now you just know that you're going to be there, um, you know, tomorrow, and that's it. Um, but you also know the weather conditions are ever-changing where we are. It's been raining. It's going to be sunny. It's There's a lot of factors at play here. So how did you kind of come into this event, knowing we were fishing East Texas, knowing we were staying in Nacogdoches? Um how did you prepare for that and how is that different than everything we just kind of talked about with the fall and the different bodies of water that we're normally on? Well, you know, basically being in East Texas, I figured it would be all largemouth Mm -hmm. and chances are big ones Mm -hmm. or bigger than average fish because I, you know, the past experience that I have on Toledo Bend and uh, Sam Rayburn, you know, which are two of the top fisheries in this area, this part of the country you know, extreme uh, South Texas has always been premier big fish fisheries, yeah. but East Texas is probably king. There are more bodies of water. There are more fish probably caught over 10 pounds in this part of the country. So, uh, you know, honestly, I was pretty fired up when they said that this was an area. Um, you know, now I don't, I don't really have any experience. I once upon a time drove through this town yeah. going somewhere, but I typically always stay on those other two bodies of water. So I've never been right here. Uh, I had heard about it. Um, you know, that there are, there are a ton of small lakes here that produce giants. Like there are more share lunkers caught in this part of the state, I think than any other. And you know, that's a fish over 13, 13 pounds or larger. So that's, that's pretty crazy. (laughs) You know, I mean, this is so, so basically we are in the Holy grail of, uh, of bass fishing. Uh, you know, there's not another state be- in the country probably better than Texas to catch a 10-pound-plus fish. So, uh, and here we are, 
early March in East Texas. I mean, it's it's good times. Yeah, conditions conditions are ripe for some right. big catches. So obviously the big catch yesterday, Mike McClellan had six pounds, three ounces, but lots of four pounds, lots of three pound catches. Um, and you were able to blow them out of the water with 30 pounds more than your closest competitor. Um, and then everyone kind of within 10 to 15 pounds of one another. So what were you able to kind of zone in on? What were you able to kind of dial in to be able to, to get that pattern there at the end? Uh, you know, basically, I just figured out a deal that, you know, these fish were on isolated grass plumps mm -hmm. and uh, they were spawning fish. And I had been catching them that way all day. And that afternoon, they just really... The water temperature warmed up about three or four degrees and it got real active. Uh, but I had basically been fishing for the same fish all day and I would catch a few here and a few there. And the deal was I nobody, I never made any drastic changes yesterday because nobody was really lighting up the scoreboard. Mm -hmm. We were all like, I never was at more than like six pounds. Like one time I was down maybe fifth, mm -hmm. but I was no more than six pounds out of the lead. And uh, so I just kind of stayed with my game plan and that second, the end of the second period, the second period was by far my worst period, but at the end of it, I saw them get active. You know, I just saw it starting to, and uh, it was basically a pattern, and I just started running down the lake, and uh, first place I pulled up on at the beginning of the third period, I caught two or three, and then I could just move and keep duplicating the same deal, and, you know, it was just one of those deals I just got dialed in. I, you know, I was fishing, uh, uh, fishing a lure that was real efficient. I could fish fast. The fish were aggressive. Um, it was just perfect. <laughs> well, so tomorrow you're going back yeah. to the same lake. You already know that. Um, and also tomorrow it's supposed to be sunny. It's not supposed to be raining and overcast like it was on your first day. So how does that change your, your mental, uh, you know, what you're going to prepare for and your perspective of, you know, are they going to be sitting on those beds? Are they going to be spawning? Like what's good? What do you think is going to be going you on? You know, I'm, I'm afraid that it's, it's, there's, there's a change, but it's not for the best. And all I'm going by that here a few minutes ago, I walked outside and the temperature dropped 20 degrees. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, I do think it's still going to be relatively nice tomorrow. Like far as the, you know, the temperature in the afternoon, but it's going to be, you know, 25 degrees or so colder in the morning when we get there than it was the previous morning we were there. So I, I do think that will change things, maybe not for the best. Uh, the good thing is I, I, I feel like I've, you know, I know an area of the lake that has lots of fish in it because I left them biting. And uh, even though I, I don't necessarily know that I'm going to catch them the way I caught them, but I'm going to catch them in that area. I just may have to change a little bit with the weather, but I'm pretty fired up about it, about having that lead. And, uh, and you know, honestly, I'll, I'll go as hard or harder tomorrow with that lead than I did, you know, in the first round. I, I don't, I'm not, I don't, I have no plans to let up. Well, I'm sure that's true. And I'm sure that there is going to be quite the battle royale tomorrow, you know, whatever the conditions may be when you guys get out to the lake. So I'm definitely excited to follow the scoreboard or score tracker tomorrow while that happens. One last question, because I know you probably want to go get to your tackle and everything to get ready for tomorrow. Um, obviously, this show is airing on CBS um, for six weeks consecutively. That's in more than, I think, 130 million homes. Uh, we're going to a, a much wider audience, many of whom, you know, there's 40 million Americans that have fishing licenses. Um, and our audience is not 
anywhere near that big. So new anglers that are big anglers but might not know about major league fishing, new people who might be thinking, oh, my grandpa, my dad used to take me fishing, you know. I'd love to go hit up a Bass Pro Shops or a Cabela's and get, you know, get a rod and reel for the first time or something like that. Um, what do you think that means to have that much wider audience um, being exposed to, to the outdoors? You know, it's something that you're passionate about, being outside and – we don't see it on, on major television most of the time. We see, you know, another lawyer drama or another something like, you know, the news or politics or things like that. We don't see people getting encouraged to be outdoors. So what do you think that's going to mean for the sport and just in general? Uh, you know, I, I really want to think it'll be great for, you know, people who don't know what we are. You know, th this is the deal. I, I, I've always thought this about our sport. Again, I'm partial because I'm, I'm part of this deal, but we are exposing a sport that there's probably no cleaner sport out there, you know, than going out and enjoying the outdoors. Uh, it's competitive. Um, you know, <laughs> I hate to say this, but a lot of these other professional sports, there is so much money in it yeah. that it's almost a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you that I, I believe our players are the cleanest ones out there. And, you know, there's no, we don't have to worry about anybody taking an enhancement drug or, you know, whatever yeah. to the help their performance. Uh, you know, these guys are just true competitors, true competitors, and you know, from the start. Models, yeah, really. they, they really are. Um, and, th and this is the deal. It, it's, I, I think my kids love to hunt and fish mm -hmm. and, uh, and, you know, honestly, I don't care if they bass fish or tournament fish or not. That is not my concern, but it was a big concern that they got, an opportunity to hunt and fish because I, I believe that's a, that's a clean way of living. It's fun. It's outdoors. It's, there's just no bad comes from it. Mm -hmm. You know, and what we do, I just think it's a, it's, it's just a great pastime. You know, the other thing is there's a lot of people out there that, uh, you know, that are competitive that maybe are not the best basketball players or football players or baseball players, but, you know, can go out there and buy a rod and reel and, and still get an opportunity to live that competitive lifestyle. And uh, I think we're fixing to expose that to the world. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. I personally came from reporting on the NBA and then uh, I did a few other things and I'm now here reporting on bass fishing. And so definitely see that competitive side, but I definitely agree as well that, you know, I think for a child, any of the 12 of you that are here competing in the world championship would be a great role model to look up to. And, and I just think that that's something that, you know, like you said, you don't find in every sport. And, and I really look forward to this new audience getting to be exposed to all of you and, and to the sport and hope that it's going to, you know, encourage them to go outside. And just Yeah. I, re I really think that we're reach we're at a point now where, you know, because we're fixing to do something that's brown breaking in our sport because, you know, the sport of bass fishing has been around for 45 years or 48 years or whatever it's been, but it's never reached a national audience. Now, we have great uh, fans. You know, there's no doubt. Again, I'm partial. I think our fans are the best. Um, but we're fixing to expose this to you know, the world that has never seen this and doesn't know anything about it. And I've always wondered about that because I see other shows that pop up on television that have become real popular. You know, one of the <laughs> alligator hunting in my part, you know, has become, you know. I was going to ask you earlier if you were a swamp people. So. No, well, in a way, <laughs> yes. But, uh, you know, but has been brought to national attention. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, people eating crawfish. Now, crawfish, I have guys tell me that are in that industry. They ship them all over the world now because of that. And uh, so I'm, uh, I have my fingers crossed, but I think it's just the right time. And I, I think there's no limit now to how far Major League Fishing can go uh, because of this move to national 
you know, national television. Well, we certainly hope so. And we are thrilled that you are one of the 12 that are here representing us. So, I'm glad to be here. you know, congratulations on the big win yesterday and best of luck going into tomorrow. I'm sure it's going to be a great day. You're, you're a one in 12 shot of being our next and first world champion. That's pretty great. It's pretty <laughs> I great. like the odds. Yeah, it's pretty good. So, all right. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me thank today, you. Greg. Thank you.